0: Welcome to Random Gaming Talk, it's Entertainment Talks podcast for video games. I'm your host, Matthew. Joining me today, my co-host is Roberts. How's it going?
1: It's going good. How's it going for you? Going good.
0: Yeah, going good. Um, right, what have you been playing recently?
1: Uh, still trying to figure out furthest frontier. Um, there's a lot of good stuff about it. It's just one of those games that there's not a whole lot really in the way of instructions, and it's kind of buggy. Um, Because one of the biggest factors in your village's survival is food, and despite the fact that I have three dedicated hunters, nine dedicated foragers, and five active farms, and I have 300 saved units of smoked, preserved meat, apparently I have zero months worth of food supply. Um, So something's not calculating correctly on that. Uh, Dip into Red Dead 2 story every now and then. It's a very bizarre game. I think the I like lots of it. The thing that drives me the most nuts is that whenever you do a story mission, you get graded after the fact without them telling you what is required to be like a gold or a silver or whatever.
0: Okay. Okay. How how are you being graded? I mean, like what scores are you getting?
1: It, it varies like some in a certain time period or get X number of headshots or do this without taking any ointments or, you know, health potions the equivalent of right but they don't they don't tell you that in advance okay it's only after the fact hmm. so it's like what's the point
0: right right i mean i played i last played it three four years ago when it came out um i don't remember that being part of it actually but um and, and unless the efficient mission thing came up and i just clicked it off or something i don't know but i don't remember that specific part um a little enjoy, window pops up in though? the
1: corner yeah, for the most part, I'm enjoying it. Um, a little, And it's not every mission. It's just thing. there are some missions where you just do and you don't really get judged on it. Those are like the more one-off, you know, random spawn things. But like for actual story-based missions, which show up as a marker <clears throat> on your map with the yellow and the person's initials that it involve, revolves around, um, it'll just pop up in the corner after the fact. And it'll just give you like a rating and it has you hold this button to see the details, and that's how you find out what you did and didn't do right.
0: Okay, okay. Um, anything else?
1: Uh, not really. Work's been kind of busy, so I haven't had a whole lot of time to game, so.
0: Okay, okay. Um, Just a note of something I found the other day. Um, I saw... I can't remember how it came up, but Microsoft Flight Simulator came up. I can't remember why. Gamescom? Th- um... It was either that or something outside of that Or someone talking about it or something like that um, But yeah, they did they did mention it at GamesCon um, And I thought Oh, I've not played that yet And as I said to you, what, a month or so ago Or whatever, when I got my Series X And I was like, hey, I've kind of played Everything I want to via Xbox Because um, I've played Obviously third party games and that sort of stuff as well So I was like, hey, I've played You know, Halo uh, Gears of War, Ori you know, all, all those sorts of games I care about. Um, and I thought, oh, I've not played Flight Simulator. I'll look it up on the store. Um, and it's on Game Pass. Mm-hmm. But when I did a thorough, apparently not thoroughly enough, when I did a thorough game uh, search of Game Pass before, like, I looked in every category and everything. I don't remember seeing it before on there. Um but, because it it came up in on Twitter in some sort of way, shape or form. And I thought, oh yeah, that's like... I couldn't remember if it was out, if it was in beta, if it was only on PC. I couldn't remember what state the game was in. Uh, apparently it came out on Game Pass like last year or something. But I didn't know that for some reason. Um, I knew the game was sort of around. I just didn't know because you've got like PC Game Pass and Game Pass and all this other kind of stuff. So, it got a bit lost for me. Um, but no, I haven't jumped into that yet. So um what i basically be doing this week uh i pre-ordered two i can't remember if i forgot to mention this last week or if i pre-ordered i don't think i pre-ordered both games this week but i have now pre-ordered both uh call of duty modern warfare 2 and the last of us part one obviously part one is the remake of of last of us one so differences in titles um i don't don't think i pre-ordered both of them this week i i must have just forgot to like mention that i pre-ordered Modern Warfare 2 but basically I I know I'm going to get my money's worth out of those games um mm-hmm. and I know I'm pro- I'm probably I'm 80 to 90 95% sure that I'm going to at least enjoy both of those games I mean um like the, you know but I'm a big Last of Us fan I've been really looking forward to Modern Warfare 2 there might be things about both games that I don't like possibly but um, that that's... You know when you're sort of buying something and you, you think... Okay, there might be something wrong with this... But you're pretty sure you're going to enjoy it. Like maybe you go and buy a cinema ticket for a film or something... And you think, okay, there might be some things wrong with it... But you're 90% sure you're going to at least enjoy it... Because I looked at that and thought... Okay, I'll probably try and get the Platinum in Part 1. Probably. Um, I don't know if that will be tied to like Grounded or Permadeath... Or I, I don't know what will happen there. Um, I'm going to be, you know, obviously playing the way through the story probably doing a new game plus thing if that's there or if that gets added later or whatever the case may be and then Modern warfare 2 i i know i'm going to be playing that game probably regularly for at least two years if not three so again i'm talking like long-term purchases not that i have to justify to you or the audience as to why i'm spending money on games but i was just looking at those as purchases and obviously i'm not going to rent Modern warfare 2 for two years and have it in one of my boomerang slots, so... Um, I put the rental holiday thing on, because I'm not going to be playing... I mean, September's going to be that, really. Which is going to be Last of Us 1, or Part 1. And then Modern Warfare 2, that will include the beta, and the campaign, and the multiplayer. Uh, no Warzone, I'm not going to be stepping into Warzone, but... You know, I'll, I'll whether it's quality or quantity... I'll probably get one of, if not both, things out of both of those games. So those pur- those purchases made sense to me, so... That was good, uh, plus you get the campaign a bit early, you get early access to the beta, and then Last of Us 1 I can play at midnight, because it's already pre-downloaded, so uh, yeah, I did that, but I, I don't think I bought, I don't. I didn't buy both those games this week, I think I bought Modern Warfare 2 last week or the week before, but I just didn't mention it on the podcast for whatever reason, so, uh, but the pre-download for that one's not started yet, because we're not even in the beta stage of the game, so, and that's like, that's end of October, so it's still like what two months left until that actually it's yeah exactly two months today because 28th of august right now and that comes out 28th of october so um got all that
1: yeah i uh was on the console this morning and i got a pop-up well not a pop-up but like a little tile notification it said i could pre-download uh um that weird ass game with all the talking weapons and that doesn't come out until december 12th i'm sorry december 13th high on life um Mm-hmm. do you remember that from gamescom we talked about it before when it got announced but yeah you can already pre-download that and that's four months away
0: mm-hmm. is that actual to download the thing or to set up the pre-download uh,
1: to to pre-download it which okay. i'm not even gonna bother because i'm sure there's gonna be a patch between now and then
0: yeah yeah so um but any thoughts on me buying those two games I mean, it's quite obvious that i would buy those two games obviously so. yeah
1: that's not that's not a real shock that you're gonna buy <laughs> both of those games yeah, yeah. i'd be more so. shocked if you said you weren't buying those games right to be, be like, honest yeah <laughs> so
0: yeah uh given the way that i've talked about last of us one and two and um interesting point actually towards that i haven't actually played left behind i think i mentioned that on the podcast somewhere before um i, I know what happens in that story obviously but um yeah i've never actually played that i've I think I watched it on YouTube or something. That's like the prequel DLC thing, which will be included with this, with all the bells and whistles of the remake. So, um, that will be even more uh, content for me to get out of that. And I'm sure I'll enjoy that as well. So... Good stuff, good stuff. Um, In between then, uh, again, I'd like to give... I mean, I can give shout-outs to whoever I want or to tell you to not give a shout-out to whoever I want to because it's my podcast. Because um, sometimes I say, hey, there's this bad YouTube channel, they're really nasty, don't go and watch them. Or sometimes I bring up the more positive stuff and I say, hey, go and check out this YouTube channel. I just discovered them or whatever, and they're really nice. Uh, I've, been con- I've been continuing watching um, PlayStation Access. I mentioned them before. Um, I watched, like, a bunch of their videos and streams. Really nice group of people. Uh, they've changed, like, co-hosts and things in, in in the past. Uh, but they're officially, like, branded by PlayStation and everything. Although they don't have, like, a sort of before, they don't have, like, a bias towards PlayStation. Because they mention, like, okay, these games are good and whatever. And then, like, there's games that obviously stand out and stuff. But I'm watching a really funny series that they did. Um, over the time I've watched them, I think it's Rob. Um, he's a big, big, big Metal Gear Solid person, and I really, really like Metal Gear Solid 1, but he sort of like, he knows those games, like all of them, uh, the Metal Gear Solid games, obviously fantastic fantastic uh, game series, and who is it, uh, Nathan and David, I try to remember all the, the male co-host names, because Ro- Rosie and Ash are pretty sort of different, but a, cu- a couple of the men, have, I g- get sort of their names mixed up, but no, it was uh, Nathan and Rob, uh, this was a 2017 Let's Play that they did, but age doesn't really effect that let's play and it's called Metal Gear Stupid <laughs> basically it's uh... Rob and um... sorry David and Nathan um... taking turns playing Metal Gear Solid 1 this is uh... how they played it was the downloadable version on PS3 um... so they're playing it on on, on PS3 like the Playstation Classics versions not that there's been a remaster of Metal Gear because there hasn't but um... they're playing that and they're not very good at the game almost like g- comedically so and you get um uh, uh rob who's on the the other end of things um and they can call him and all that kind of stuff if they need help and um he sort of gives his own commentary on what they're doing and how sort of stupid they are at the game not in a sort of like bashing on them way but it i suppose it's one of the things where, where when you yourself know a game so well like inside out the way that he does and you're like oh please do this please do this instead of doing this like you know particular mechanics and different things and they're just like getting themselves blown up and all this kind of stuff. It's really, really funny. So I've I've had a good time watching that. So uh, that's been really good. Um, I did some messing about in Last of Us Part Two today. I went in and just got the uh, uh, enabled the unlimited ammo stuff, and I was just I was just having just having fun shooting the uh, explosive bow and arrow. Um, I was actually trying something which was like, hey, if I like sprint in towards these enemies. And just let loose with that. What does that end up like. And it was it was pretty fun. Um, I've kind of got it a bit in mind. I don't know if I'll start it this week. Or before part one comes out. But I would like to possibly try. I couldn't really do it with Abby's sections. Though, that's the difference. Um, playing through Ellie's parts of the story. And trying to. Not like on a stream or something maybe. I, I don't know. But like try to do a speed run with the game. Where I'm, I'm sprinting through the levels. Using a bow and arrow. but the explosive rounds. Because um, that will completely tear up um infected and humans plus there's certain areas of the game that you you don't have to kill everything in order to progress um so certain areas like if you sneak past doors in certain parts you lock off enemies that are trying to get to you so it sort of speed uh, uh, suits the speed run in that way i, I might uh, might tinker with that a little bit I, i'm not gonna play the entire game but i'm gonna probably do it by chapter or something so i might have a mess about with that but um other than that i've been i've been trying to uh, make the most of my um, kind of remaining time with Modern Warfare because there's going to be the new one in like a few weeks. Uh, well, not a few weeks really. The beta will be out in a few weeks. And um, yeah, time's, time's ticking away on my time with Modern Warfare. And although it's a game that's got issues, it's got problems. Obviously, it's kind of, you know, not really got people working on it anymore. Because it's kind of got probably a skeleton crew working on it. It's still a ton of fun. Um, and speaking of Modern Warfare as well, I put up, and when I say a ton rubber i really mean a ton uh, of clips today on youtube for those of you that subscribe to us on youtube and actually hopefully get notifications you might have noticed a lot of videos i'm talking probably because i uploaded some today some yesterday probably at least 50 clips maybe but these aren't like in order to not make you feel overwhelmed these aren't like five minute clips these are like 15 30 second things so you can just kind of click through them very quickly um but yeah that those clips those clips are fun to go back with What what's the kind of fun about that as well is even when like the game does sort of broken type stuff or it flicks me from multiplayer into warzone because of course it does you go back and like watch those clips or even when i go back and watch those clips because like I'll, I'll have had the night on cod right and then like next day or week later or something I'll get round to doing the clips and I'll be like oh yeah I remember when I got this and when we laughed at this and doing that and it's it's a combination of like enjoying the fun gameplay and having a good social experience as well because you're, you're having a laugh with people and you win games and you do cool kills and all your teammates do cool kills and uh, it's a lot of fun it's a lot of fun so um because as, as I've said in the last couple of years because of Cold War Warzone and Vanguard COD's gotten a bit of a bad name towards itself um, because of those two games, I feel, but Modern Warfare has still been staying strong. I think for its three years, and sure, there's been updates that have like messed certain parts up, and it hasn't been perfect over three years. But it's it's something I really cher- cherished. So um, yeah, that was, that was fun to go back and do those, but. Anyway, I'm not playing like anything massive story-wise, because I'm going to get you know Last of Us Part 1 on Friday, so all my focus will switch to that, but I'm just trying to have fun with COD at the moment, uh, watching some shows, uh, I'm watching Jurassic World Camp Cretaceous, in case anybody's wondering, and obviously the weekly stuff as well. So yeah, that's kind of what I've been up to, so that is that for the moment. Alright, we're our course sponsored by Manscaped at the moment. Uh, It's still kind of late-ish, getting late-ish in the summer, but it's still kind of hot and stuff. So if you want to get yourself freshened up for the summer, whether you live in the UK or the US or wherever, uh, you can go to Manscaped's website uh, and have a look at their different products. But you don't need to Google anything or look anything up. You can check the link out in the show notes uh, to go over to Manscaped's website to get started. So you can have a look for yourself on what products they've got, different sets of things, different individual products, uh, different razors, shavers, ears, nose hair trimmers, uh, deodorants, clothes, those sorts of things, uh, the things that you'd expect from somebody like Manscaped. Uh, they did email me the other day as well. They are doing a um, soft kind of relaunch very, very soon, so I should have some new products to tell you about soon, because hopefully they should be sending me some stuff. But i uh, got a good thing going on with Manscaped at the moment. Of course, if you're wondering about that promo code for 20% off, that's etalkuk, E-T-A-L-K-U-K. Uh put that in your promo code box once you get to checkout, once you've figured out what you want to buy, uh had a look on that sort of stuff. So you can either copy and paste the code from the show notes or type it in yourself, etalkuk E T A L K U K, click on apply, and that will give you 20% off your order with Manscaped and that nice free shipping. So first hand quality, professional made stuff, packaging and the items themselves, all really, really good stuff from Manscaped. So go and check them out and if you want to buy some stuff. Remember our promo code, as written in your show notes, so go and check out Manscaped to get started today. uh, Thanks to Manscaped for sponsoring Entertainment Talks podcast, and of course, thank you very much for listening. Now let's do some housekeeping, and we'll see you after that for some news. See you in a minute All right, recently on Entertainment Talk, got a few new episodes for you. Uh, Over on the United cast, as of yesterday, so for Saturday, Man United beat Southampton by one goal to nil. Um, Martinez and Varane continuing their great centre-back partnership. Been really, really solid there, which has been good. Bit more of a scrappy 50-50 game, but it's one of them games where, you, you know, you grab the goal, you get over the line and you take the three points, which is what we did, which was good to see. Monday night, as of today, so Sunday, have signed Anthony from Ajax, who's a player we've been chasing. Going to be really good, going to bring some balance to the team, and is a player that the manager wants and has worked with before. So really, really good stuff. We might have overpaid for him a bit, but we're a football club, so, you know. Uh, did a mini chat podcast bonus, sort of separate episode, if you want to call that. Uh, simply giving my thoughts or stance on things like uh, on the, the subject of religion, um, the reason I did that is because I've kind of covered other life-related topics, if you want to call them that, before. So I've touched upon Black Lives Matter stuff, I've touched upon LGBTQ stuff, uh, the abortion situation in the US, I've touched upon gun control, all sorts of different things, you know, in in terms of our worldly sort of topics that we deal with Uh, in the world Uh, but religion was one that I'd I'd mentioned things here and there about my stance on religion but I thought I'd do a dedicated episode to talk all about that so you can check that out if you're interested Um, and if you're not interested in that one for the chat podcast I'll still be doing I'll be returning with a normal monthly chat podcast this Thursday which will be the first of September so look out for that uh did a couple of did a bunch of film reviews recently one of them was called luck uh it's an animated family friendly film on apple tv plus which if you're subscribed to apple tv plus you can watch that on there so no other fees required gave it a musty rating i did do a full review for that so spoiler free and spoiler split but really really enjoyed luck that was good Just getting some good promo out there as well seeing apple promote it a bit which is good uh because it is a bit of a smaller sort of film but i really enjoyed that musty rating that's for luck um, did a big DC Talk podcast, this one was for uh, talking about the cancellation of Batgirl, what that all means, what's going on with that, um, and the day before I did that podcast, uh, one thing that also prompted me to do the big episode was uh, Warner Brothers, yet yeah, again, delayed a bunch of their films, uh, they delayed, I think, Shazam, uh, there's rumours of Flash being delayed again, although that wasn't confirmed, and there's, um, I think of Shazam 2 and Black Adam. That got relayed due to some financial issues. I talked all about that. Also talked about Batman as well. Um, what's going on with the Aquaman film with him? And of course, talked about the Flash because whenever you talk about DC these days, the Flash is always going to be something that comes up. So talked all about that. Uh, Better Call Soul's now finished. Um, this is the episode we did after our series finale review, so it's called Better Call Soul series wrap up. What that basically means is for a show that's finished all of its episodes, all of its actual intended episodes, there will be no more episodes of Better Call Soul because it's finished. So me and David returned a week after the series finale and did what we call a series wrap up, which is one big last kind of discussion about how we feel about Better Call Soul. We feel very positively about Better Call Saul and we really enjoyed it. So that was that one. Uh, The other film review I did recently was for Nope. It's Jordan Peele's uh, third directed film after Get Out and Us. Came out in the last couple of years. Uh, But Nope, I gave that a um, Don't Skip review. Very much enjoyed that. Had a few issues here and there with it, um, which of course why I gave it Don't Skip. But Don't Skip is still a recommended review. That one is spoiler free um did another one which was for prey that is the predator prequel which is available on disney plus in the uk via star and hulu in the us it's a predator prequel i did the uh, spoiler free review for that and gave that one a don't skip rating as well really enjoyed that one over on the other united cast episodes we recently beat liverpool by two goals to one which is it's it's always good to beat liverpool always good to beat liverpool so uh, that was really really good as well so may United two liverpool one uh, gaming talk for last week, uh, we talked about Assassin's Creed and the Spider-Man Pride flag controversy stuff that we talked about and some other stuff as well. A whole bunch of things on that episode, but those are kind of the main two topics. Uh, did a must-play review, for speaking of video games, uh, for Moss 2, which is available on PlayStation VR and on, uh, I think, Oculus or something as well. But that's a sequel to Moss, that's on PSVR. And I gave that a must-play rating. As well. That's what we've been doing recently on entertainmenttalk.org and on podcast platforms. Let's get into some news. Alright, uh, what we've mainly got to talk about this week, there might have been some bits and bobs of other stuff, but Gamescom was the big thing this time. Uh, I think we said last week that Gamescom, we knew that Gamescom was coming up, uh, so we both watched it. Um, I did watch a not live version, so when we did have games that I wasn't interested in, which I wasn't going to say anything about, I just skipped those parts in a video. Uh, but in terms of the things that I was interested in, I'm just going to kind of go through those, and rub it. if you've got any other points you want to add afterwards, any other games you want to talk about, we can do that after that uh hogwarts legacy got shown off again um not loads of it there was like a 2 minute trailer they confirmed the february 11th 10th something like that release date um and if you pre-order the deluxe version you get it a few days early that's on the 7th that you get that i think it's the 7th and the 10th is the two release dates for that one of which is if you pre-order a bit earlier or uh, pre-order the uh premium edition uh which both of those pre-orders are available on the playstation store i didn't check xbox but um yeah this was talking about mainly the actual focus of the trailer was um for like um i said dark side that star wars stuff in it the um dark spells that you can do and everything like that and going over to the the evil side of things um, and this, like, deadly spell that they can do, of course, they do, they, they showed in some of the films that you can do spells that will, like, kill people and, and that type of stuff. Um, there's a few questions within, because I'm kind of getting to be part of, like, the Hogwarts Legacy community on Twitter, I've basically just, you know, started following people that are interested in the game, and they said about, like, okay, if you're gonna have kind of a morality system, on, in a way, could that change, like, the ending or whatever, obviously it's it's too early to know about that but this base i think that the purpose of the trailer which it got across very well was just hey you can do this and you can have like you can get your character to make questionable decisions about using dark spells and stuff um so yeah still sticking with the release date that they announced what last week i think we talked about that as well the release date that was moved um so yeah i think it looks good we didn't get to see too much new gameplay stuff here which is fine because the game's still months away um robert did you see that trailer what did you think of um that if you saw it
1: I saw it. Um what oh, sexy stuff. Yeah, the game doesn't have as Oops, much
0: hang on, hang on. Alright, till now.
1: Sorry. Uh yeah, go. the game doesn't have as much interest for me that it is for you. I'm not that much into the fandom. I never read the books. I have seen most of the movies. Um but yeah, I mean I know people are really excited for it. I know people are really looking forward for when it comes out, so we'll just uh have to see. I am curious about uh, if they do, like, a morality play with the the story and the endings. Because mm. um, I haven't seen that in a while in a game. I mean, there's always some level, but I've never seen it really affect story.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think the last game, and this wasn't one that I played, I think the infamous game in 2013, the, the launch PS4 game, I think that had it, but I don't know how much yeah. it affected the, the story. The Mass
1: Effect series had it really deeply ingrained in its DNA, so
0: yeah yeah i suppose the problem development wise with doing that is you have to write two different paths mm-hmm. and if you've got what 20 choices throughout a game it, like you got to write all the individual bits of dialogue get them performed get them captured um get them animated well you know there's probably a lot of elements to that and plus coming up with ideas that actually make sense for you know whatever so mm-hmm. um that's a bit more of an undertaking so telltale kind of ...got away with that a little bit... ...because you made different choices... ...killed different people at different points... ...but it was like an alternate version of the same thing... ...kind of... ...and it it, it wasn't bad the way Telltale did it... ...it was just not as effective as it could have been... Uh, ...with that... ...you basically got like alternate cutscenes... ...with mostly the same outcomes with Telltale games... Uh, ...at least from Walking Dead onwards... ...I'm not familiar with uh, Telltale pre-Walking Dead... ...so... ...because that was my first Telltale game... ...but um, yeah it looks, it looks good... ...Hogwarts Legacy not too much to talk about here... ...so... There's that um Cleisto protocol was also shown, I believe this has still got its December second release date that might be moved, might be not, but they didn't mention a change here uh showed off a bit more stuff, showed off that they're really doing a good job of showing off the gore <laughs> in this game as well. um, I still think this game looks great i was I was impressed with it last time. I still think that there's hints of animations that are similar to last of us two just was just with some of the way that the dodging works is quite similar, but you know it's a human dodging a melee attack, so it might look somewhat similar um my only concern and this is a concern that i had raised once i saw this i wonder how you know the power that this i don't know exactly how it's working because we don't know everything about this game of like pulling an enemy towards you and flinging them into something mm-hmm. it, it felt a little bit overpowered and because i was kind of wondering like, okay why can't you grab every enemy in this area and fling them into that grinder thing but the player didn't seem to be able to do that or didn't want to do that and um, they seem to like fling the enemies into boxes so that they would get like knocked over and then still shoot them. So I'm kind of wondering, like, okay, what what, ad- what actually is that that the character's doing? And is it overpowered? Does it have cooldowns? Um, because if you put something like that into a game, you want to balance it quite well. Um, unless there's like lots of levels that don't have grinders and stuff and you can't like kill them instantly. Um, but I will say that when the uh player had like grabbed an enemy and flung them into that grinder it looked it looked too easy it looked like oh okay there was like no challenge there whatsoever so again we're kind of lacking context as to, like what's actually going on here we're just see- we're just seeing the game being sort of demonstrated so i don't know i don't know um what what did you think of the uh, Callisto protocol here
1: yeah i mean it looked very very visceral with all that action um i'm sure Powers like that have, like, cooldowns and limits. And for trailers like that to get people hyped up, I'm sure those were all turned off. So maybe you could do it, like,
0: hmm. once
1: every other minute or something like that. Um, until we actually get gameplay, it's we don't have any context, like you said.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, otherwise it's just like, hey, pull them t- towards you, fling them. Pull them towards them, fling you. Uh, so we'll see how, how that works out. I'm still impressed with the game. I'm just like, okay, what is this, like thing that you can do so uh then uh, just like it was announced recently uh telltale's doing an expanse game um uh, it seem like it's mainly focusing on drummer for those of you that have seen the tv show i have i think you have as well haven't you robert uh the mm-hmm. six seasons of the expanse uh drummer's one of the main characters from that in terms of the books i've got no idea i've never read the book so there's that um i liked the sort of different the The discussion about a different approach... Because they said like... Oh we did a lot of stuff with zero gravity... And they they showed pieces of it... Where it looks like you're doing... Not necessarily platforming... But well I suppose... A, a bit of a... Piece of platforming... Because like... I lot of like, there's parts where you'd have to go outside of different ships... And obviously the danger with something like that... Is if you're not holding on to something... You can get spaced... um, And like float out into... Into nowhere... And just suffocate and die... So... Um, obviously, you get penalties for that, and you do die if that happened. So, I'm wondering how much of that's going to be in it, because Telltale's really just known for like, hey, choice adventure stuff, click and pl- uh, click, point and click adventure. Um, they're, they're not really known for doing other stuff within like within the sort of walking areas. Um, so maybe they've put a bit more emphasis on that, a bit more like third person general walk around stuff. Um, what do you think of what was shown off of The Expanse?
1: Yeah, um, it's weird that they're getting back into doing exactly what cost them everything to begin with, which is making games based off of IPs. Um, The Expanse is a show that I always keep meaning to finish, but then I completely forget about it. um, Hmm. Just because it's one of those realism-based space games. Like You can go into space, but gravity's weird, um, human beings physically grew up differently based off of where they grew up. So the people that grew up in the space tend to be taller and thinner, but they don't have as good bone structure um, because they don't have the gravity to, to hunker things down and they have problems living on heavy or gravity places. So it's real very realism based. Um, I don't know how much the show is going to be needed to have seen to play the game. So I, I know I've, I've seen the first two seasons and then halfway through the third, it just got weird, and I kind of tapped out. So, And I know mm-hmm. there's a fourth.
0: Yeah. I think there's five, isn't there? I, think it was can- I honestly don't know. I think it was canceled by Cypher after three, and then Amazon did two more. I think yeah. that's what happened. So, uh, But the, the last two seasons, I think, were a bit shorter, because they weren't network TV shows anymore. So um, I I, I would guess that you wouldn't. Uh, I mean, I guess if, you, if you'd seen the show, you'd know a bit more about the characters, but I don't think you'd be required to watch the, all of the show to, to play it. That would be... Th- this should be like an alternate version of the, the story or like a tweaked version. I don't I know. I think
1: you're just so, not going to get as much of the references if maybe, you haven't seen the show. Maybe.
0: But, th- but then even with like Telltale's Walking Dead game, like even though that had a couple of characters from the show, like Herschel and Glenn, who were in it very briefly, um, that was focused on new characters within uh, the Walking Dead world. So that was uh, a bit different, I suppose uh Sonic Frontiers got shown off. Um much better presentation than what they showed before. It couldn't have possibly been been worse than what they showed before with that gameplay. Um I'm kind of again still kind of wondering like okay, I liked the Sonic films m- mostly because like, you know, they were cast really well and Jim Carrey's really good and the voice ca- the voice char- the characters were cast really well with the voice acting and all that sort of thing like Idris Elba's um uh, Knuckles is great and you got the charisma of Jim Carrey in there and they they were good fun times and everything. So I've kind of like watched those two films and be like, yeah, second one improved on what the first film did, but the first film's still great. So I'd still just enjoy both of them. And I'm thinking like, okay, I'm a gamer, and I there's a lot of Sonic games out there. Um, Should this be my first? I mean, I've dabbled in Sonic games before, like the 2D ones for a bit of time, but I've not like properly played any of them. So I don't know because there's like Frontiers, there's Sonic 3D, there's the classic games. Uh, there's just so that's like when i'm trying to figure out what pokemon game to play and then a the new one comes out like every week um i swear we've had like five pokemon games this year or something like that but uh because i like, diamond, like diamond and pearl and go and all this like all these i can't even remember all the names of them but there's so many pokemon games as well um and for, for newcomers to a series like that i mean obviously i'm familiar with pokemon like pikachu and charizard and squirtle and all those sorts of ones but There's like thousands of them now. So, um, Pokemon's something I could be interested in as well. But again, I don't know where to start from. And I do have a Switch, so I'm open to the idea. Um, But uh, maybe with the Sonic Frontiers game, um, they look like they're taking on a bit of a different approach. I don't know how successful that will be. Um, So, for me, it's just maybe it looks alright. I need to kind of see. Cause the game feels like it's got a bit of a weird structure about it as well. Like there's a lot of open areas, which I suppose is ideal for a Sonic game because you're going to be running at full speed. But um, I don't know, like what's the structure and how does it all kind of work and stuff. Uh, what do you think of what was uh, of Sonic Frontiers so far?
1: Yeah, it's going to be interesting because Sonic is one of those games that it's great in two D, but it ne- it's never really had a great translation into the three D space. Mm. Um, because with 2D, you can kind of keep up with the action because the whole shtick is him being super fast. Um, mm. But with 3D, that always gets lost a bit. Um, yeah. Side note, uh, the Sonic 2 movie is now free on Amazon Prime Video in the U.S., so if you dev- didn't get a chance to see it in theaters and you have Prime, you can watch it now. I watched it uh, last night, actually. Cool. Did you like it? Yeah, I liked it. I could tell Idris Elba really didn't know how to act-act, joist in voice acting so his, all his lines came mm-hmm. off a little forced um but that's not on him that's on the director not directing him better mm-hmm. yeah
0: yeah i don't know how much voice acting he's done before but he's a very good actor yeah. um yeah so and you're is it C- colleen ashore i can't remember her name uh his tail she was really good and then you got ben schwartz back as sonic who's really good so mm-hmm. good stuff um glad you enjoyed the second one so uh but yeah again i i i want like i think what i need to see is like okay show me a level or a mission from this game like what are you doing exactly what are the mechanics and why what advantage are you taking with this open world and like which characters are in it and that sort of stuff so i I just would like a bit more information uh lies of pi or sorry lies of p uh, which is a bit of a strange title. Um, I'm just going These are ones that I've actually got descriptions for... Because the other ones I didn't feel I needed descriptions for. Tells the story of Pinocchio's never seen before... As the puppet... Um, Machinoid... Uh, Pin- Pinocchio players will... Wind their way through the streets of a ruined city... Crafting weapons from the materials found in the world... And interacting with the remaining few... Who managed to survive in this hellscape. Uh, the more lies told... The more human players become... Um, with all the advantages and disadvantages it is it entails. Uh Lies of P uh, features profound narrative choices, and deeply customizationable character progression to round out its RPG features. Um yeah I thought this game looked looked cool. It looked kind of looked a bit Bloodborne esque, which those game those like souls games and all that stuff aren't really my thing. Um but they do look like the the gameplay of those games are great. They're just not my type of game. Because uh, you can recognise that a game's good, and it's just not for you, which is which is fine. Um, but this looks again. It, even when I played through Bloodborne and stuff, I never quite got that sort of. This is the masterpiece. This is the greatest PlayStation game of all time. Because somebody, p- some people like you know, play Bob Bloodborne and thought it's the greatest game I've ever played. Which, if you did, I'm glad you enjoyed your time with it. But um, even when I did give Bloodborne like a really really good shot, um, I never thought it was anything close to that. But This almost looks like a more interesting Bloodborne to me. Like, it looks like it's got a bit more to it. Hopefully this isn't another game with cycles and stuff. Um, because the only time I've really enjoyed that... Was with the Star Wars... Um... Jedi Fallen Order game. But that was, like, a bit different... And a bit more sort of streamlined. So that was uh, a pretty good one. But yeah, overall with, like... See, things with with these third-person type of games... Where you've got, like... This type of combat and stuff... Um... It's interesting to look at sort of animations and what weapons have you got and that sort of stuff and from from what we got shown of this, um, I thought it looked good. I thought I I'm you know, it, it caught my eye, it caught my interest, so I thought that looked quite good. Uh what did you think of Lies of P?
1: Yeah, it's definitely bloodborne with a side of steampunk. Yeah. Um it yeah. looks good. I don't know that it's a game that I would play, uh just because for the story aspect of it. I don't know if that's something that I would actually be interested in because mm. I don't play the Bloodborne, the Souls. I don't play any of those. Um, but we'll have to see. If we get like a story trailer that tells us more about the world, then I'm, then I'm going to be interested in it. But af- outside of that, not really.
0: See, I kind of agree. But also um, for me with it, like with Bloodborne story, for example, it was either that I didn't get far enough into it or whatever, but I was never really there for the story. I've always read and heard about games like Bloodborne and Dark Souls that the story stuff is always like okay, if you want to go and find the books in the the world and find out more about its lore but these games I feel are supposed to be a lot more gameplay focused. I I know what you mean about the whole Pinocchio aspect or whatever's going on there Um, but I feel it might be more gameplay focused so we'll see how that one turns out Um, Killer Clowns from Outer Space Um, the game um, Killer Clowns from Outer Space: The game is a new 3v7 asymmetrical online multiplayer game inspired by MGM's 1988 classic horror, uh, sorry, cult horror classic film. Uh, when murderous alien clowns come to feed on the quiet town of Crescent uh, Cove, the locals must work together to fight back and survive the invasion. Players can team up as um, as either clowns or humans, choosing from a variety of character classes to explore an expansive Uh, ever-changing map with creepy surprises waiting around every corner um one of my friends called barry who i chat to fairly regularly um he was like a big 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 horror fan um and he likes a lot of the classics and things like that um he really 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 loves this film um and he's pointed out to me before in conversations we've had that like there isn't really anything else like killer clowns from outer space out there and when he said that i was like well having a conversation with him wasn't really trying to challenge him and I was like yeah I think you're kind of right and obviously there's been horror slashers and horror films and cla- you know you've got like Jason you've got Freddy you've got Michael and you've got all those t- types of you know like slasher characters slasher horror characters but this is something that like I mean this is very much a b-movie horror thing which have got their classic sort of like um you know feel, feel to them and stuff. Um, I don't know how this is going to work in multiplayer. Um, I mean, sure, it will be apparently 3v7, which I don't know why it's 3v7, but um, a bunch of team run around as the clowns, I suppose. There are, like, these characters do have names and stuff, but I've never seen the film myself, so I couldn't tell you who's who. Uh, And then the rest of you are humans, and you try to kill each other. Um, So we'll see what that's like. They showed a glimpse of the gameplay. I thought it looked okay maybe it's you know too little to too little and too early to tell uh have you ever seen this film before The the film that this is based on
1: i honestly don't remember if i've ever seen it before um because one it was a long time ago um two horror is not really my thing yeah um so it's really kind of a a not quite sure kind of a thing um, I might've seen it at like, you know, randomly at one time and then forgotten about it. It's just, it's so bizarre that that is an IP that somebody picked up and made into a game. They're yeah. like making uh you know, toxic Avenger or attack of the killer tomatoes or something like that. Both hmm. of which are actual movies. Um, yeah, just so random out of nowhere.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Says MGM, which they got bought by Amazon, I think, a few months mm-hmm. ago. Uh, obviously, it's the film production studio, and not the game developer. I just wonder. Um, okay, they felt so- someone somewhere felt the reason to bring up Killer Clowns from Outer Space and say, "Hey, should we make an online game about this?" The thing with an online game, which obviously, like the the competition for online games is really fierce. I mean, you got things like you got things like Fortnite titanfall call of duty you've got battlefield still kind of you have got halo you've got destiny you've got you got most of which are shooter series and this will have shooter elements to it but it won't be like your Fortnite or your sort of those those types of things if you're going to have an online game that doesn't have a single player story um if this doesn't get enough long-term interest which i don't know what the long-term plan is or how long they're intending on keeping this going And it's a live service horror game where you're going to be like, hey, new game modes, new weapons, new things like that. If the player count for this game dies off... um, And the reason I'm saying that that could happen is because this is a very niche B-movie horror type thing that... uh, People in this day and age, like people that are growing up sort of now, um, wouldn't have probably heard of this. I mean, horror franchises that are classic, sure, like again, Michael and Jason and Freddy and, you know, Ghostface. Those are like icons in the horror world i'm not saying that killer clowns isn't i'm just saying who's talking about that apart from my friend barry who is like the only person i know who talks about it because he really loves that film which is great that he loves it but um if i didn't know him i would never have heard of this film before and i I would watch this trailer and be like oh i don't know what this is and then it, it would just it would just pass through my brain and i wouldn't even think twice about it so um whereas if you saw like oh a scream game or a halloween game or something like dead by daylight which has those characters in it it would almost make more sense to me cuz the dead by daylight community i think is still fairly strong it would almost make more sense to me if you added the killer clowns characters to that game and then grew that fan base and then what you could do and again that's probably like a completely different development studio and all that type of stuff but instead of making a new game that you got to give new stuff to all the time and it's tied to one ip which is killer clowns and you're going to do some sort of crossover stuff Which is possible, but you have to still do that. I think it would have made more sense... And I could be wrong, this game could be alive and well in five years, or or whatever. But to me, it would make more sense to look at the already existing horror game that's got at least a good, from what I hear, online community with Dead by Daylight, which has already got horror characters in it, and add those characters, then put a trailer out there that says, hey, we're adding killer clowns to that. And then you take the small niche group of people that love killer clowns, and then you bring them over to Dead by Daylight, and you grow that game more. Maybe it doesn't work in the exact same way I'm describing. But I'm just trying to look at it that way. Instead of making a new game that people have got to go over to. Because um, you could have fans that are playing the Dead by Daylight game. And thinking, oh, I have to kind of go over there to play as those characters. I don't know. So, we shall see. We shall see. I just I just wonder what shelf life this game's got. Because it is very B-movie niche type stuff. And not your big, like, Michael's uh, ghost face. All that type of stuff. Um, do, do you kind of agree there?
1: Yeah, like I said, it's so random. Uh, the only good thing you could say is they probably didn't have to spend a lot of money to acquire the IP, right?
0: Yeah, I'd imagine so. Because um, I I think there was one film, I don't know if there's any sequels or TV shows or anything, and it was in 1988, so which wasn't like ages and ages and ages ago. I mean, I was born in 94, so it wasn't that long ago, but it was still a bit of time ago. So, um, Then they showed off some more Gotham Knights, um, well, I say then they showed off, then my next thing written down is that they showed that off. The latest video reveals two DC supervillains, the mastermind criminal influencer Harley Quinn, not a shock that she's in the DC game, she's one of DC's biggest characters, and the shapeshifting Colossus, Ghost, uh, not Ghostface, Clayface, uh, who are both part of the vast criminal element threatening the city in Gotham Knights which is obviously Gotham City, along with the cold-blooded Mr. Freeze, who... I, I miss Mr. Freeze. He hasn't been in that many adaptions of anything recently. And the secret uh, and sinister Court of Owls. Uh, the trailer also provides a closer look at Batgirl, Nightwing, Red Hood, and Robin in action as the four knights uh, face off against these fearsome foes while trying to protect the vulnerable, always vulnerable, Gotham City. Remember that Bruce Wayne's supposed to be dead as well, so he's not anywhere to be seen. Um... I will play this game because simply because I want to play more DC games, I want more DC games to be great created, so therefore if I want more things from the IP I should support the IP. That's what makes sense to me as a player to do. That does not mean that I'm going to enjoy or look forward necessarily to every single thing from the IP. Uh currently DC films are a bit of a struggle. DC TV's in a weird spot. Um we've got some good stuff, some bad stuff in all three elements which is games tvs and shows obviously we had the good batman games and that type of stuff i just think this game first of all this game does not look next gen at all i do not understand why this game can't be played on a ps4 because if you can play gotham knight not gotham knight uh, arkham knight on ps4 which looks like a much much better game than this both in terms of detail production quality just just everything like that um and like Evolution, animation, interactivity, it looks kind of the same as what we've had before, which isn't a bad thing, it's just not a sort of, like, push forward. And if you're advertising this game to me as, like, oh no, we cancelled our uh, Xbox One, PS4 versions, this, nothing of what we've seen so far, because we've seen a good chunk of this game now, we've seen, like, individual trailers and uh, gameplay sections and stuff like that, like, they put out a 15 minute, or whatever it was, uh, Batgirl gameplay. And it just doesn't look much different. That's come than what's come before. So, if you're pushing pushing this as a current gen title, show me why that is. And again, I'll, I'll look forward to playing as. I don't honestly, I don't think I'm going to play as Nightwing, Red Hood, or Robin just because their gameplay doesn't look interesting to me. And given that we've had Batgirl cancelled, and I've wanted to see more of Batgirl in media, whether it's games, films, or TV shows, and we haven't really had much of her. I want to play as her more. Um, So if I can play the whole game as Batgirl, I probably will, Um, just because that will be my my preference. And if that's a choice, then that's what I'll choose to do. Uh, Robert, what do you make so far of of Gotham Knights?
1: It it looks like a hot mess. I agree with you in that it does not look like it has to be played Mm -hmm. on a next-gen system. Um, That makes no sense at all. I probably won't, uh, just because... Nothing in the story has maybe interested enough to want to play it. Mm-hmm. Um, outside of that, I really don't have anything to say.
0: Hmm. I I think, not from a multiplayer side, obviously Avengers had a lot of issues with its multiplayer. I don't think this has multiplayer. Um, I think this will end up being DC's version of the Avengers game. Um, maybe not as bad. I mean, I don't know how bad it will be. And again, a lot of the community-type issues from Avengers were because of the mess that was the multiplayer in this game doesn't have that so if it's just sort of one and done well not one and done but like you go in you do the story you finish the game and that's it i'll probably do that um plus i kind of missed the batman world and i've wanted more content from like the bat family which this is literally the bat family so i'll play it for those reasons my expectations are just pretty low but um oh they mentioned as well they moved the release date up by a few days. Um, they still apparently don't care that COD's coming out like within a week of this game but uh, who knows. Um, but I'll try to play both games anyway so that is what that is. Um, actually this will be released in between Last of Us Part 1 and Call of Duty, won't it? So mm-hmm. we shall see. Um, I'll probably get Boomerang back in like October put this on my list and then some other stuff and we'll see how that goes. Uh, the lo- One of the, actually the last thing I showed was something else. Um, my second to last game I've got noted down here where winds meet Uh, where winds meet is set during the beginning of the northern song dynasty uh, during an era of war and conflict players take on a role of the wandering swordsman who grew up during this brutal age and use their martial arts and sword fighting skills to survive against countless foes the player is thrust into this ruthless world and they must choose between upholding their code of morals in order to protect the innocent and fight for justice only uh, or live only for themselves and risk the land slipping further into chaos and despair. I think this game looks really, really impressive. Um, I think this looks like a really interesting mix of sort of like Assassin's Creed and Ghost of Tsushima. Um, it looks like it's got some influence from Ghost of Tsushima. Uh, and I think it looks more like Ghosts than it does Assassin's Creed, but it's still got that very sort of like, uh, you know, traversal. Um, climbing and stuff and things like that and the sword fighting stuff and bow and arrows and all all that type of weaponry you know swords and uh swords and bow and arrows and knives and that sort of stuff so um i like using those things um i've enjoyed the past assassin's creed games i thought ghost of tsushima was very good with some flaws but those flaws can be worked out in the inevitable in the inevitable sequel but um i remember liking at least ghost of tsushima and i'm interested in games in in this type of genre this sort of ninja-esque assassin's creed you know swords uh bow and arrows type genre i really like that uh there were some interesting mechanics that they showed off as well um i think yeah for, for a first kind of look um i think the gameplay looked a little bit over the top at certain points but again there could be context to that and maybe you'll be better but you'll be you know built up momentum by that point in the game um but no i think this looks uh very impressive i'm i'm interested and i'm curious to see more how about you robert for uh, Yeah, be. this
1: game definitely caught my eye. Definitely is on my radar. I love Ghost of Tsushima. Uh, it was an amazing game. Um, and we don't get a whole lot of what this game's about. We get to see mm-hmm. some powers, but we don't know magic. Is it like a skill that he has? What's going on? So I definitely want to know more. Um, outside of the the really nice reveal trailer uh we didn't get a whole lot of information past that so
0: Mm -hmm. yeah see when we get gameplay like this and like um lies of p i really try to pay attention to animation how fluid things look because when you've got characters Mm -hmm. that are jumping around they got clothes on they got you know big coats and things like this and things are things are moving things are flying around you're shooting arrows what does the animation of that look like when you're doing sword fighting and you're dodging and you're rolling around when there's a lot going on basically like how fluid is the animation and granted you know those two games aren't coming out tomorrow you know they're still in development but um it's good at least when a game looks this good uh that applies to both those games i just mentioned look that good early on um and the only thing that's get go- that the only thing with both those games that looked a bit not off but looked a bit erratic was when you were getting more into those sort of like crazier things when you know swords were flying around all over the place. But um, that's not a problem. It's just when that's when the game's going to be more frantic. So, but yeah, in terms of animation, fluidity, all those types of things, um, which is where I want the games to continue to improve, especially in those sorts of games. Uh, I think this looked really, really good. So. And then back from the grave, uh, the last thing that was shown off, uh, Dead Island Two, is back. Um, it was never officially actually cancelled. It just had a reveal trailer and then it disappeared for I don't Eight even years. I, I don't even know how long it was. Um, but a, a long, long time, a long time has passed since that first trailer. Um, which I went back and watched that trailer the other day. It kind of I think it popped up on my YouTube feed for whatever reason, but. Um, yeah, I watched that and I was like, huh, wonder if this game will ever, like, come out and then here we are. Uh, so a deadly spi- a deadly virus is spreading across Los Angeles, LA, uh, turning its inhabitants into ravenous zombies. The city is under quarantine and the military has been um, re- retreated. Has- sorry, the military has retreated. A uh, bit infected, but more. Uh, than just immune. You learn to harness the tainted zombie powers running through your veins. Only you and the handful of other swaggering <laughs> arseholes who happen to be resistant to the pathogen hold the future of uh, LA and humanity in the balance. You were just—you were born for this as you uncover the truth behind the outbreak. Uh, you'll also discover just who or what you are. Survive, evolve and save the world just another day in... It says Hele, which is a cool little sort of pun type thing there. Um... It was interesting to me when the woman said, uh and apologies for not remembering her name, but the woman who was who came out after Jeff Keighley had initially revealed this, um, she said, like, okay, now we're gonna like, oh, do you guys wanna see something else? Do you want to see some gameplay? And I was like, Oh, gameplay like already, like we're, we're coming back, reveal trailer, it's been a long long time. I, I expected to I expected to just see like, oh, quick trailer, show off a quick thing, let people know that we're back, this game's still in development, and then, you know, see you next time. Um, I wouldn't really call that Showing off gameplay though, I mean, because they showed off what like a minute 45 seconds or so of mm-hmm. what she said was gameplay, the first 10 15 seconds is just scenery. And I was like, okay, I'm not like annoyed about this, I'm just like, okay, you said I expected like a very quick little gameplay demo or like a gameplay trailer, uh, regardless of all that, anyway, regardless of what was shown in what context. Um, I think this could be fun, I'm still a really, big, really big zombie person i really like zombie content i kind of looked at this and then i thought about dying light 2 which is one of my bigger game disappointments for the year just in terms of how dying light 2 turned out it was fun but story was rubbish and it just it it was buggy and glitchy and it just it uh it wasn't good It, it just wasn't good it was it was fun to like knock zombies off rooftops knock people off rooftops and you know the combat was fun but everything else around it wasn't um I wonder if this might be like a good because this is going to be similar to *Dying Light* 2 in a certain way. It's going to be that like first-person zombie action. Um, but yeah, if you're giving me like these big areas in LA and I can like have this big open world to have fun with, in you know, with zombies and get chainsaws and baseball bats and whatever else, I can certainly have a lot of fun with that. Um, we have no idea what the story or whatever else will be, but um, it will depend on how current-gen this game is because this game has been in development for a hell of a long time. And it makes you wonder a bit of what state it's in. Granted, the gameplay bits that we saw looked quite good, looked quite fun. I'm just wondering, this is going to be very similar to Dying Light, but how much better can it be? Um, But then again, the context of, like, where these games are set. Because this looks more like, sort of... Like, Dying Light 2's almost got a bit of a dystopian future aspect about it. Like, people are really, really struggling for supplies. And this doesn't seem like that type of thing um so it it looks like more of a sort of not not really modern day but less less sort of mad max type and more sort of i don't know things are a bit more under control so um what did you think of what was shown for um dead island 2
1: i did pull the video up the the person that's on the uh, the stage with jeff Keeley just says khan I don't know if that's a first name, a last name, a nickname uh-huh. or some other designation. Um second off, if you just change zombies with homeless, you pretty much describe LA as it exists right now. Oh really? You know oh. A, oh, it's it's bad. It's it's there's a lot of places that it that have been completely taken over by homeless camps. Um like famous iconic places you just you you're tripping over, you know, Tweaking meth head homeless people and uh sh- human shit all over the street. It's there's a there's I mean, there's always bad things everywhere, but LA just basically all of California, a lot of the major cities are like that. Oh. Um as for the game, it looks like it's taking more of a tongue in cheek attitude Which is towards fine. it. And yeah. and that that actually will hold my interest because if you're gonna have something dark and depressing either lean into it and make it just broody and moody as fuck or just swing the opposite way and just be wacky as shit um and if they go the wacky route then i'll definitely take a look at it um but yeah yeah, that game has been in development i want to say eight years i it might be longer i don't know
0: Mm -hmm. i wasn't podcasting when that game was announced i remember that much so uh i didn't know who you were at the time because we hadn't started yeah. speaking. So, um yeah, just speaking of the tonal stuff that you mentioned, um the whole like desperate sort of we're really low on supplies type thing—that's more Dying Light's angle. Because um, a lot of the story and quests are about what, the, what. one of the main themes in Dying Light Two is water, um mm-hmm. and how the city's not got any, and how you, for some reason, have to decide who gets it. I can't remember again. The story is a bit of a mess, but um yeah if if this is more just like hey we're gonna have fun you're gonna bash zombies heads in i i'll i'll uh, take interest in it plus it's a zombie game so i'm gonna take interest anyway so uh that was that what did you say that other game was called the one that is like really comedic and everything like that the rick and morty
1: type thing yeah uh bite of life i I think hang on let me look find it up here um where is it
0: I didn't find that on this list. That when High on Life. High on Life.
1: That's what it's called. It's a FPS um from Rick and Morty's Justin Roiland. Yep. Um and that that that's a game that you point to and say leans into the wacky. Oh yeah. When, you, oh, when yeah. you've got a a talking knife that says, "Let me stab him in the butt. I want to eat his ass." <laughs> you know, that's that's wild.
0: Yeah. Yeah, see, I I watch both Solar Opposites and Rick and Morty. Uh, Solar Opposites is running over here at the moment, and Rick and Morty's coming back very soon. Uh, it took me a bit of time to get used to the brand of of the humour. Um, it like took me a couple of seasons r- with Rick and Morty, but now that I'm more used to it, and I watched two shows from Justin Roiland, um, I'm much more accustomed to this type of humour. I, I think for somebody that might not have watched either show I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about like the the negative reception this has received. Um, that's just the comedy that they do um i initially i looked at this game and i was like oh okay this is because i haven't the, the two games that they made because they made a rick and morty virtual reality game or something that was good that was like short and fun and whatever and ricky and morty were in it and you could interact with them kind of uh then they made another one called trover saves the universe which i didn't like at all i just thought it was very sort of flat and not interesting um this is almost like an improvement of that I think uh, and Trover Saves the Universe I think was a VR game although well, I think you could play it without VR I can't quite remember but that was uh another one from them. Um but I quite actually I didn't expect to like the specific mechanic here because basically your knife and your gun can talk and they do dialogue and they talk about what's going on and stuff. Um initially when this trailer started I was like uh, I'm not quite sure like again I'm used to their brand of humor but how that converts into a game and the gameplay—that's a different element, which is where I think *Treasure Saves the Universe* didn't work for me. Uh, maybe I didn't play it for long enough, or whatever. But I gave up after a few hours. I just thought, nah, this isn't really interesting me. So, um, but yeah, putting like the, the the voices on the knife and gun is one something I don't think I've seen in a game before. So that's kind of interesting. Um, yeah, I, I think it looks kind of wacky and interesting and sort of funny, um, and. To, to me, the, the two things that are working here for me, which I didn't quite expect to like this game, but I, I do, is the idea of putting those dialogue-type things onto a set of weapons and then how that fits into the gameplay. Because you've got the brand of comedy that I've both gotten used to and kind of like in, in certain... I don't laugh at every single thing that they do, but um, it's a brand of humour I've grown to like. So it's got that in it and it's got the mechanic, the gameplay, because, you know, game is the important point here because I enjoyed their TV shows but this is games that I'm interacting with and doing things with um and the way that it's put onto the gun and the knife I think is quite fun and quite funny so um again it's something to be taken like don't don't take a game like this seriously you just go in there and you have fun with with what's there uh but I'm I'm interested in this um how about you have you seen solar opposites or rick and morty before
1: I've seen a couple of episodes of uh Rick and Morty uh, not really my style, um, but, you know, people love it. I, I have no problem against it. I'm not saying, oh, this is terrible, oh, this should be banned, whatever, the blah, blah, blah. I don't do into that. It's just like, yeah, I can see how it, some people can find it funny. Not really my thing.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but no, I think this season of... I think it's season three of Solar Opposites we've got now, I think is the best one so far. Uh, Rick and Morty... Um, I struggled a bit in the last couple of seasons, but it's still been good. It's still that good, you know, you grab a drink, you grab a snack. Type. It's that switch your brain off type comedy fun. You switch your brain off, you grab a snack, you grab a drink, you sit down and you have fun with it. That's that's what they're kind of going for. There are some bits and pieces about like messages about the world, that the state of the world. And like, you know, especially when there's futuristic episodes. And like, hey, what about if the world ends up like this and that kind of stuff? So there, there's bits of that in it. But um, things like Soda Opposites and Rick and Morty are just there for slapstick popcorn mm-hmm. fun, I think. With the occasional sort of like think message type thing. So um, and in terms of like the political stuff, which obviously that's some some of it in there. If you're going to talk about the state of the world, I don't feel they're sort of like smack you in the face. You have to think this way or it, it's much more just sort of popcorn fun brand of that which writing that specific brand of humor i feel is probably quite difficult so um yeah it's uh it, it's one that surprisingly works for me i don't know if that surprises people or i don't know but uh, yeah. uh i mean i spoke on geek town a number of times about enjoying rick and morty and solar opposites so this is from that same brain so yeah uh anyway that's all the stuff uh i had written down from gamescon anyway did you have any other notes from gamescon
1: yeah, um, the big one for me, because this is a game that's also been in development, Black Hole, for the longest time, is Homeworld 3. Um, Homeworld was an early early 2000s space FPS. Beautiful game. I mean, for the time, you know, we're talking PS2 era in terms of graphics. Um, stunningly beautiful. Awesome soundtrack that I still listen to occasionally to this day. Um simple story simple mechanics there wasn't a there wasn't a tech tree there was like one upgrade that you got but it was very you had to be very very meticulous with your resources because you went to an area you collected the resources you build the ships you fight the enemies and go on but the enemy the ships that you build carry over from mission to mission but you don't have unlimited resources so if you get wrecked then you're screwed because there's no more resources. You have no more ways to build ships, um, and so you have to be very tactical with what ships do you build because you can't just you know build the biggest thing because it's big but it's slow and you can get a hundred little tiny things taking it out real easy because it can only do so much at once. So you had to have you had to be really methodical with your mix of ships. Of this does this, this works against this, this doesn't work against that. Um, it's still available on Steam. Uh, the company that made it long since um, went out of business. I don't know who holds the IP now. I'm actually going to look that up on Steam. Um, because this has been in my uh, thing for the longest time. Uh, let's see. Who has this? Uh, developer is Blackbird Interactive with Gearbox publishing it. So that's uh-huh. interesting. Um but yeah, you can still play the first one, and if you like very, very slow, slow-paced, but methodical, thought-out space combat, mm-hmm. I would highly recommend this game.
0: Cool, cool. Um, yeah, wasn't, gonna it, be. it wasn't one that made Bye. its way onto my uh, radar at all. But um, yeah, if that's one that you're interested in. That's uh, that's PC only. So oh, okay, okay. So I don't pay attention to like the PC and space. <laughs> so uh unless those games get ported to uh consoles so there we go um any other games stuff that you had
1: uh yeah uh moonbreaker caught my interest it is a, a sci-fi miniature based uh game uh two things caught my eye first off when i say miniature based all the characters that you bring to the battlefield you can paint like you were painting real oh the miniatures thing yeah 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 um so that kind of caught my eye because i spent a lot of time um in uh, my 20s playing like games like like you know warhammer fantasy battle games like that um and the second thing is is that they partnered with uh brandon sanderson who, who we talked about i've talked about a couple of times um cool. on other podcasts because he wrote the mistborn series which is a really good uh game so cool cool um any others yeah, I'm going through the list here because a lot of it I was like, "Oh, I gotta think about that," and then no. Um, duh, duh, duh. Talk about that. I don't care about that. Yeah, I mean, the only other thing that really caught my eye was the fact that Sony finally is making a pro controller for. Oh, how
0: did I not write that down? Sorry. Yeah. 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 Um. So it's a bit, I saw, because I watched this late, and I I saw bits and pieces of news that have come out, because obviously I look on Twitter at stuff, um, and they mentioned like, oh, a uh, new DualSense thing, and I was like, oh, okay, okay, I don't know that I need like a new DualSense controller, because the haptic feedback and everything else is great. Um, the only reason I would want to buy this is if it's got back buttons, which apparently it does, but that wasn't really shown off, but some people mm-hmm. said like, hey, in this in this part of the trailer, you can look at it on this angle and you can see the back buttons on it and the only reason i'd want back buttons is for cod um and obviously it's a game i'm going to be playing still regularly over the next couple of years because there are certain scenarios for for example there are scenarios where you'd be reviving somebody so you'd be holding square which means that your right thumb would not be able to go on the right analog stick which means that you can't aim so sometimes what happens And because on COD, a lot of the commands, for some reason, are on the square button, which is like open door, close door, pick up gun, reload. Obviously, reload is tap the button um, or press the button once. Uh, Revive, swap gun, thats like another one that's on the floor. Pick up bomb. They're all on the same kind of button, so it can be a little bit... I don't know why they did that, but they can be a bit awkward. But essentially, if I was holding... So I'll give an example. So if I was holding my controller, right... And the two back buttons were... Circle would be ideal so I can you know crouch and slide and things like that because I do that in the games. Or if I need to quickly lay down or or something, make myself a smaller target or whatever. Um, If I were to put one of those buttons on circle and one of them on square, what that would then do is when I'm doing anything in COD which is like... So interacting with stuff, like planting the bomb, diffusing the bomb, that type of stuff. My thumb would be free to not have to lean over the square. And when I'm sliding, or laying down, or crouching, or whatever... uh, Which I might need... I might like have a piece of cover and somebody might be shooting at me... So I might need to quickly take cover and I need quick reflexes. So if I was able to press either of those two things in those scenarios... And keep my thumb on the right stick so I can still aim... Which obviously is very important in that game... um, That would be a big deal. Other than doing the other awkward way around, which is how I usually play... Which is, I put my (laughs) right thumb on square and hold it if I'm rezzing somebody or something... And then as that bar's going up and I'm raising my teammate um I usually put my <laughs> my left thumb on like over the control onto the right stick and then I still have my other fingers on the trigger so I can aim and shoot but that's a really awkward way to play and I've not really even got used to doing it that way so basically what I'm saying is if I could free up my thumb to not have to press square or circle in certain situations and then have my right f- thumb free to still use the analog stick that would make a lot of difference basically um which would be a lot just for one game although it would be a game i would be playing regularly over a long period of time so it might be worth it but in terms of the actual dual sense itself i mean i get that you've got like the button, and button uh customization and that i've never felt the need for that on the controller that's just my preference i know people have uh, a need to have like the thumbsticks different or whatever I'm, I'm good with the way that all that is or like where the triggers are or the buttons or whatever i'm fine with that
1: it does make it easier to repair or replace if one of the logs starts to get
0: Yeah, there there is that, but I've I've never like quite had the need for that, which is which is good. Um but in terms of the rest of the dual sense controller, it's a perfectly great controller. I mean it's not even really seen... Because obviously one of the big things that haptic feedback adaptive triggers. We've not even really had enough games that have expressed that, so because um, basically what you've got here is you've still got that and you've got the customisationable buttons and the back buttons. But the back buttons is the only part that I'm interested in. What I would rather do, if it was an option, which it was with PS4, instead of buying a whole new controller, if I could buy an accessory that I could clip on the bottom, like you did with the PS4. And I can't use that same PS4 accessory because it's a completely different fit. So if I was still able to buy a cheaper accessory that just has the two buttons and that's it, I can plug that in at the bottom where the headphone jack would be, plug the headphones into, I assume, that thing, and then use something that way. But given now that they've already come out with this, I don't imagine they're going to come out with a cheaper accessory for back buttons. Um, so, yeah. But uh, have you ever needed like back buttons or customizable buttons or anything like that for your controller?
1: Not really, but I don't game on that level. Right. So I can absolutely see the need for it. Um, I hope your bank account 's ready to be punished because there 's no way this thing is at a minimum a two hundred dollars right because be the, yeah. the elite controllers one eighty and Microsoft sells the crap out of them, so I have no doubt that it will sell but mm. and especially since uh, Sony announced that they 're upping the price of the p s five during gamescom there 's no way this thing is not at a bare minimum two hundred dollars if it 's less than that i 'll be shocked.
0: Mm yeah
1: what's yeah. the old uh, futurama shocked shocked i say well not that shocked yeah.
0: Um,
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> um yeah um but... yeah
1: this is gonna be an expensive piece of kit
0: yeah but if i was going to spend money at the moment on an accessory it would be the upcoming vr2 which is yeah. until next year anyway so uh but even that i don't know if i can can or want to get on um i was gonna say deadline day that's a transfer thing uh on um day one because again you see launch line up and, and that type of stuff so yeah, we shall see. We shall mm-hmm. see. Um, what controller do you have for your Series X?
1: I just have the one that came with. Um, okay, it's the one that I got. As I, well. have yeah. I have two others. It's quite nice controller. That game, yeah. Yeah. It's a very good controller. Um, mm-hmm. so I've never felt the need to spend two hundred dollars on a better version of it. Um, mm-hmm. other than that, yeah. I mean, peop I know people that have it and love it. Yeah. I have a friend that streams was super pissed off because the day before they announced. The Elite 2, He finally broke down and bought an Elite, so oh. he was not super happy about that. Oh. Um, yeah, but, you know, timing.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, um, is that everything? We have got like one sort of funny story this week, which we'll bring up in a minute. Um, are you ready to talk about that now, or do you? Have uh, I have things? a couple other things, but yeah, okay. that's
1: all I got from Gamescom. But speaking on uh, kit and upgrading kit, um, Valve announced that it is going to continue. With the Steam Deck, apparently it's been sold very well. But Valve also promises that the longevity of the Steam Deck and the Steam OS platform—that it will be making future more Steam Decks, more Steam OS, and upgraded devices. Um, they describe their plans as a multi-generational product line. Valve will support Steam Deck and Steam OS well into the foreseeable future. We will learn from the Steam community about new uses for our hardware, and they show things like VR um control so it looks like steam might be getting into the vr game as well um they they're definitely going to con- they said they're going to continue um with the hardware and when upgrades come available uh, they'll make announcements on that so i guess it's doing very well
0: yeah, I'm glad to see it do well, even though it's it's not something, not just because it's not something I have the interest to use or don't use and probably won't be, um, that doesn't mean I want it to fail, because there's no reason for me to want that, but um, people seem to be enjoying the Steam Deck, even though I still think the button configuration looks very, very weird, but if players have gotten used to that and they're having a good time and they're getting their money's worth, which it's an expensive thing, uh, thus is the whole hobby of gaming anyway, but um yeah people are having a good time with that and from the majority of like things i've seen on twitter and stuff um from people that have got the steam deck which is like i think paris from kind of funny's got one uh i think has has got one as well by the way um i was supposed to mention this at the start uh who's a youtuber that i've been following for a while and he streams pretty regularly still on twitch a bit more regular he's starting to get a bit more regular on twitch he just reached a uh, million YouTube subscriber, so congratulations to him for that. He uh he does deserve it. He works really hard on his videos. Uh it's really funny. He has his wife, um I think it's his wife Keris. I think they're uh married, but um they're like sometimes in the background of his streams and she goes on the mic and stuff. She's uh she 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 has like a really intoxicating laugh. Like a really, really you know those laughs that you just you, you wanna make someone laugh just so that you can hear the laugh. Um she's uh A great sort of addition to his streams as well. Uh, He's the only one that's like on camera. The the rest of them are off camera. Which if that's what they choose to do then that's fine. Um, But no he still makes funny videos. Um, He does great work on Twitch. uh, Like some really funny stuff. And the, the interesting thing with him as well is... Why I like watching with Cadicarus is he, he's playing like Col 1 and 2. Uh, and I never knew about that game. And when I watched him play it, I thought, okay, this looks like it's not really quite my thing. But I'm watching him play it, so I can still kind of get the experience of that while watching his, you know, funny angle of things. So, yeah, congratulations to him for reaching uh, a million subs, one of which is, is me. So, uh, good, good stuff. Um, but, yeah, in terms of Steam Deck, which, again, he has one of those. Um... Yeah, the the only thing again, like if you were to say to me, "Hey man, what could convince you to get a Steam Deck?" I don't know that anything really will because I don't really do. Because even when I'm like on the bus and stuff, or I'm going to a cinema or whatever, I just sort of listen to podcasts or music, or I'm I'm scrolling through Twitter stuff or or whatever, or I'm promoting podcasts or. Because um, I, I do still have my Switch, but I don't play on it as often. But that's because kind of the only games I'm gonna play on the Switch is the exclusives, which. There aren't a ton of, um, I mean, there's like 50
1: different Pokemon games every week, but other than that, um, you know. The only thing that I could think of to say is that if you wanted to get more into PC gaming, but didn't have the money to invest in a good quality PC or a good quality laptop, it's a much more affordable option. Yeah, Um,
0: yeah. No, I get that. It's just I don't know what would... Because saying to me like, "Hey, you can play like this more accessible thing to play PC games," I don't know when. I don't know that I have that type of interest to play PC games because I've got enough games on, like you know, my Xbox and my, my certainly on my PS Five and that type of stuff. So uh, the options there certainly, you know, it's it's do, doing that certainly is much better than me trying to find a PC. I agree with what you're saying there because uh, I remember when I tried to play Fortnite on, on this PC and the graphics didn't even load. So, um, but then again, this piece, this laptop isn't for gaming it's for podcasts and stuff so i totally get what you're saying it's a more accessible and easier way for me to get into pc gaming i just don't know that my interest for that is is actually there mm-hmm. so but for those of you that do have that interest it's doing well apparently it's good um so good stuff good stuff do you have you don't have one do you as, as i any... don't
1: because i have my pc that i've finished building right my my new build for right before covid hit and the chip shortages started yeah. so i was very thankful for that timing um, it runs well. It runs all my games well. There's a couple things to where it kind of maxes out the processor. I need to, at some point, stop being lazy um, <laughs> and do a clean out on it. But it's it's just such a pain to take everything apart and put it back together. Once it's done, you just kind of like leaving it done.
0: Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. What else we got to talk about?
1: Uh the big news, and we've talked about Twitch a lot various times on mm-hmm. the podcast, Different and I've always said. Stories, yeah. Yeah, and I've always said my biggest issue has always been how utterly random, nonsensical, and frankly flat-out useless their policy is in terms of banning content creator with terms of service violation. Mm -hmm. I've had some
0: stupid stuff, yeah, over the
1: the years. um, I have bigger issues with them making horrible people millionaires, but that's neither here nor there. Right. Um, So (laughs) there was a big stink this week with Twitch from a streamer whose name I will not give. You can find it really easy if you're generally that curious. But uh, she had sex on stream. Uh, technically, you didn't see any body parts, but you could see her partner's reflection in the, mirror, the window that the camera was right next to. And while you don't actually see body parts, you can pretty much tell, yeah, they're having sex. Um, and this has caused an outrage... Not because she did that. Honestly, I'm not even surprised. My only surprise is that it hasn't happened yet that we know of. That's true. Yeah. T- uh, Twitch kind of falls into two categories. People, the game, and cam sex. Let's be honest. it's That's what it is. Um, I have a
0: specific issue that I'll talk about in a second as well. But Yeah.
1: Go on. Um, but the outrage is, is that she only got a seven-day ban for that. You get... Uh, Um, Streamers like Intel Edit, PG, G-rated family Minecraft streams, zero strikes on his account, zero anything, gets Parma banned with no explanation whatsoever. Um, You see people that are scrolling through um, like a Discord or a Twitter or something, and there'll be like half a second of nudity. And they'll get longer bans over that. Um, And so everybody that's been banned... I mean, it's been, what, over two years now? And we still don't know why uh, Dr. Disrespect got banned. Oh, yeah, yeah, Um, yeah. uh, But, yeah, I mean, the stories that I've seen... I actually don't get those stories anymore. There was a channel that I watch on YouTube called Streamers Reloaded. And it talks about all that stuff. That channel went dark. That channel has not produced released a video in five months, and I have no idea why. Is that a YouTube uh,
0: channel or a Twitch page? It's you a YouTube channel. Okay, okay. So they Basically, yeah. they'll
1: do, like, five seconds of whatever it is, and then they'll do, like, a two, three-minute discussion about it. And you used to get, like, one, maybe two videos a week. And it was just, you know, this person had this happen. This person is beefing with right. that person. Yeah. Um, um, so you just get... Um, you know, the news on streamers that you don't follow, which is how a lot of the news that about streamers, because I don't spend a whole lot of time on Twitch, um, mm-hmm. is how I got it. So um and the that video I I've seen the video. It's it's one of those things once they deleted the VOD and they deleted the clips but it's like anything else on the internet once it's on there it's never off there yeah so you can Clipping, find it
0: screen recording there's there's all sorts of ways people can in, embedded this,
1: this embedded that um yeah and like yeah. i said it's not graphic you don't see any body parts uh, obviously on the stream that would be involved in having sex but it's also very very obvious that they're having sex um but yeah seven days just that just sets a terrible precedent
0: yeah um to, I, just for reference, I have not seen the video, so I don't have context as to like what it looks like or whatever. Not that I really need the context, but um, yeah, my my main issue that I talked about with Air, with, with um, Twitch before is its handling of ASMR content, which ASMR still is seemingly seemingly mainly still a thing on YouTube because the the content creators that I I love their content for and I cherish that content over on YouTube, which is the actual proper asmr stuff um because what twitch has seemingly done with my account not not in terms of bands or whatever but in terms of recommendations has fallen down a bit of a hole that youtube has we not not in anywhere near as bad of a way because youtube's algorithm is a complete and total mess um at least from what i've experienced which i've talked about on a podcast before but um i think i checked out one or two just not even for that long just to see what they were doing on twitch with asmr because oh asmr usually a- asmr usually no I don't make asmr but i've been watching it long enough to know uh plenty about it but usually so, so the, a- the asmr format on youtube is like hey they're gonna plan what exactly what they're doing so pre-recorded thing which is edited obviously you don't really edit a live video so usually you can cut from one asmr trigger to the next or one scene to the next or whatever you want to do however the creator wants to do it and they'll plan it out it'll be like hey i'm gonna spend this much time on this thing and then do this thing and that whatever um the format of that doesn't really work as well on on twitch plus because you have like a chat and you know the creators talking and saying people's names or you've got the bit cheer things going off and that's kind of like a different noise so whatever but um i checked out like one or two content creators on on twitch who are, were doing asmr stuff people that i've never come across before because uh, even though the same people I follow do have t- uh, Twitch accounts. They mainly still upload their stuff on YouTube. So that's just where I stay with that sort of stuff. And I've got like years and years and dozens of videos from the content creators that I follow on YouTube. So I've got like more than enough content. Plus you can watch a video, ASMR video like 30, 40, 50 times, whatever. Because um, there might be certain ones that you like or that you favourite. Um, but the the two specific reasons, and I've I've done like a whole separate episode on this as well um basically it it was called um asmr has a twitch problem and leans into similar things that you're mentioning not in terms of bands but like twitch related problems which is kind of the subject here i suppose Mm -hmm. of first of all and again i'm not going to name any names not not that i remember the women's names anyway um you're not you're not even doing what i would describe as asmr because even as far as and i'm not trying to pick on the fact that like Oh, these women have their cameras more zoomed out, and you can see the whole body and they're wearing less stuff. I'm not talking about like what they're wearing; it creates a completely different sense of presentation because when you go when I go back to the content creators that I know and love on YouTube and I see the way that they're presenting their videos, you know like where they are, how close the camera is to them, where the microphone is what they're doing the background all of it creates all of it creates a certain, a, sense, a sense of atmosphere right it's not just about the noises that the content creator makes obviously you still get the noises on the the same triggers whether it's can be hundreds of different things that you could do for that but um it's a completely different type of presentation because um, I was really trying to put my finger on like okay this is wildly different to on both platforms but what is it that's so specifically different and it's the presentation because um, you can wear whatever you want as an ASMR content creator. I'm not saying you can't wear less or you can't wear shorts or whatever. Um, of course you can. But it's about the presentation of what you're doing. And most of the best ASMR content that I've actually seen on YouTube has been close-up stuff anyway. Because, uh, like close-up to the person's face. Um, like you'll barely see the person's shoulders. Um, and it's just that difference of atmosphere and presentation, which um because for, for those of you who might be listening that have never like watched asmr you might be like oh this like probably makes it makes all the difference it just completely does um but uh yeah basically because i i checked out like one or two maybe three different twitch asmr youtubers and i'm like what what is what what am i watching like this isn't what i would actually consider to be asmr and then twitch went oh you watch watched ASMR videos. Here's a whole bunch of recommendation recommended streams. So now when I go on my Twitch uh, channel. Which usually I, I go either directly to Kodikaris. Or if he's already live I click on the video. So it's not something that's bothering me or in my way. I just see the tab below that. That's like hey here's a bunch of recommend, recommended live channels. And they're all just a row of ASMR content creators. That are doing the exact same thing. And they're all doing it in a way that I would consider... Not the right way to do ASMR uh, because again, there's a very particular way that it's got to be done to have the actual effect of it. Uh, but onto the actual subject of this of this woman, um, yeah, I mean, it, it does seem because I've like I've come across um, people that have Twitch accounts like on Twitter, and they'll be posting about you know going live or what they're doing, or they'll be talking to their community about their plans, you know, all that different type of discussion. And I have read a lot of times, even just out of the blue, random stuff, like, hey, you're banned for a month, you're banned for a week, you're banned for, like, permanently. And there'll be sometimes completely no reasons, sometimes there will be reasons, so... Even though, because whether or not you think this woman should or shouldn't have been having sex on stream, uh, which, like, is that what should be on Twitch, is it not, should she be doing it somewhere else, um... It depends, you know, on, on on the situation or whatever. But um, I don't know. I mean, could have been more, could have been less. It could have been could have been a permanent ban. It almost feels like, well, not almost feels like. I feel like it probably is. Um, the the ban system on Twitch seems to just be run by a bot algorithm. Because you know, sometimes like you'll you'll be following uh, YouTube content creators. And it's like, hey, this video got blocked because of this or that or like two seconds of music. And on YouTube, it will say like specifically somebody manually claimed this part of the video. Somebody went through the video and claimed a piece of the music. Um, Mm -hmm. And sometimes you'll just be you'll tell that like, oh, it's all a bot has auto detected that this thing is in there. Um, Twitch seems to be a bit more like that. And it it is a problem. So, yeah. Um, Anything else you want to say about this?
1: Yeah, it's one of the reasons um, that I don't stream is because of how random it is. I've never been a fan of it. I've never been a fan of you know some of the things that go on with Twitch. If it was consistent, you could at least say it's consistent, right. but it's not it's consistent. Not yeah. So it seems to be a very randomized
0: bot type of system. So, yep. yeah. I would just say, um, again, not that I can you know, tell this woman what she should or shouldn't be making and Because it's her content. Unless it's something that's specifically harmful, then that's obviously a, a bigger problem. But what she's doing isn't harmful. Um Twitch might not be the exact place you want to do something like that. Um there are other there there's lots and lots of different platforms for creating content. There are more things like OnlyFans or there's things like Fan House. I think there's one called Fancy as well. Um which could be a better place that type of stuff. There's there's a there's a there is a little bit of um a misconception about OnlyFans because it isn't like, oh, you just make porn on this and that's it. You can upload content to OnlyFans, but it just happens that the, the platform itself has more sex worker type content on it. I, I have a friend who um I don't like subscribe to or whatever, but she makes OnlyFans content. I'm like, Cool, that's what you wanna do, people like your content, if you're not harming somebody and you're making money, you're happy, um, then that's that's absolutely fine with me. So maybe OnlyFans would be a better place. If that's, again, I don't know what this woman regularly streams or what games or whatever. But, um, yeah, there, there might be other places that are possibly better suited for it. That doesn't mean you can't do that on Twitch. It's just there might be somewhere where you don't get banned for doing that. But then should Twitch be banning it? It's a complicated discussion, I think. So...
1: Yeah, I, from the context of the clip, I don't think that's what she was intending. Okay. To make that uh, her content, um it was it was, it was more of a, a sneaky, hey let's do this and get away with it kind of a thing right. than a regular part of the content, so.
0: Okay. Again, I don't know anything about this woman, so I don't know if she does chat streams, game streams, watches TV or whatever on Twitch in whatever way you can. So, there you go. Uh is that everything you got for this week? Yeah, that's all I got. Cool, let's move on to some feedback, some emails and what not. If you would like to write into the show, let us know what you think of anything we discussed, any news that we've missed, let us know what you're playing as well, or what you're looking forward to playing, any trailers that you saw at GamesCon that you were looking forward to, any of that type of stuff. Uh, Matthew at org, Twitter eTalk UK, contact page, information in your show notes, there's also an email box on the website version of the episode and a clickable email name in your show notes. Harrison writes in, and says we saw Kojima at GamesCon. Yes we did. And it was nice. It was nice. Uh, what do you think this next game with Xbox is? Um, trying to guess. And I don't mean this in a bad way. But trying to guess what game Hideo Kojima is working on. Is uh, not easy. Because <laughs> uh, it's Kojima. And um, you know. even I remember even when Death Stranding was teased. Which obviously Death Stranding is his most recent game. And it was very, very, it was, it's deliberately Kojima vague type of stuff, which is part of the point. You try to guess, like, what's going on and what type of stuff, and you get these vague trailers and things. I mean, even I remember even when we did get trailers of Death Stranding, people were like, oh, Nomaridus is cool, and you're doing delivery, but, like, what is this game? Um, but that's, yep. that's the cool part of trying to figure out, like, what is it? What is it about? What are you doing in this game? But they did um, announce
1: at Gamescom that his... Uh upcoming spotify podcast is going to get translated into english so cool. we'll at least yeah. have some context
0: yeah yeah what does the kojima podcast look like Hmm. i uh, don't know funny sounds different uh audio
1: cues i'm sure like it'll that. be like an interview thing if if it's him mm. i'm sure it's going to be a lot of game discussion yeah that's that that's a dude that i would love to just like have two hours to just ask any random question i could think of
0: mm-hmm yeah yeah um I suppose one sort of off the bat question I'd say is like hey where did the idea because this is something I've never seen in any other game before and this is because I've recently watched Metal Gear Stupid and I went as mm-hmm. uh, um, obviously I knew about it before anyway but the idea that you'd fight Psycho Mantis in Metal Gear Solid 1 and the only way to beat him is to concha- is to change your controller port from 1 to 2 otherwise you can't beat him like where did you get that idea from? Uh, Which is more basic scale as to what you could ask, Kojima, but I've still not seen
1: that done in another game before,
0: so... The closest I've ever seen that done,
1: there was a X-Men game on a Sega Genesis, and you had to reboot the mansion's computer, and you did that by using the reset button on the console. Huh. But it was never explained that that's what you do. Huh. That's that's the closest that I can think of to any game doing that. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh but that's some that's some cool stuff. Um what do you think his next game is? Uh don't don't get excited for like anything Konami related because it ain't going to be that. Um uh, nope. which is a shame cuz you know go, going through Metal Gear stupid on PlayStation access and that. I'm like damn this Metal Gear series is so good, especially that first game. That first game is so good like the music and just just er- everything about it. Um it doesn't even look or feel dated cuz I played it a few years ago on my PlayStation Classic and it was great. It was a great game to play. So um, What do we think it would be? I mean, I have no idea. Um, Probably some sort of action game again. I mean, if you look at Death Stranding and Metal Gear, they've got certain things in common. Obviously, they have different mainline things, which is you're doing delivery stuff in Death Stranding to sort of build the world together, whereas in Metal Gear, you are an espionage agent type of person. So... um. Don't know. I mean, it could change gears. Maybe it could be a platformer. It could be a racing game. Um, who knows? I don't see a racing
1: game, just because I don't think that would interest him hmm. as a game developer. Might I mean, put... granted, it's something that he's never done before. Yeah, might so put his own well, maybe weird twist on it. on that level. Yeah, but
0: uh... yeah, might put his own uh, strange twist on it. So, I I couldn't give you a definitive answer, but it will be something interesting at least. Whether you like it or not, it will at least have interesting parts to it. So. Uh, but yes, it's it's always nice to see Kojima, especially like how you know Konami shunned him out, and they just didn't care. They didn't let him go to the Game Awards that year, and now he's uh now he's back, which is good. So, uh, Bethretsin says, "Wow, Dead Island is finally back." Was one of those games that was announced, and then just disappeared. Are you both excited? Um, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. As as we mentioned, it will be a game that seemingly you know you don't take it too seriously. You get in there, and you have your fun with zombies. Uh, I think it's fair to say I'm more of the zombie person than you are, but uh, I know that you've played like you know State of Decay and stuff like that, but I like, you know, um, and seeking zombie content and that sort of thing. Um, where's your kind of like, cause I, I talked about it a bit already, my excitement level, which I'm excited, I'll play it, see what it's like. Um, how would you describe your excitement, I suppose, for Dead De Island La 2?
1: <clears throat> it's definitely on my radar. If it, do, if it does the wacky like I want it to do the wacky, then it's definitely a game I'll get. Um, if it comes out that it doesn't do the wacky the way I want it to do the wacky then yeah it's going to be a skip Mm
0: -hmm. yeah
1: so that's that one Uh, and lastly Josh writes in
0: says I noticed the dates for the COD multiplayer reveal and the beta are very close together is this a concern for you Um, so in terms of concern uh, first of all that specific thing is not a concern to me Um, I mainly just I have a lot of trust in Infinity Ward Because all the games they've made so far, apart from advancing for Warfare and Infinite Warfare, which were not great, uh, all four of the Modern Warfare games, so Modern Warfare 1, 2, 3, and then the 2019 Revival, are all really good games. All really, really solid games. Some of the best shooting games out there. Uh, For me, it's the best shooting series out there. And that's, like, the best shooting series within Call of Duty, because we have Black Ops Cold War. We have the Cold War stuff. We've got... The World War games and that sort of stuff. So even, even within Call of Duty, it's the best series that they've got. The modern day, the just the modern warfare stuff. I just feel like it fits Call of Duty the best, personally. Um, but no, I just I have a lot of trust in Infinity Ward. E- even with the campaign and with multiplayer, um, I think they're going to be really something special. It, it, who knows? Maybe in two months when I played the first weekend, I'm like, Oh, this is garbage. This is terrible. Infinity Ward, what have you done? You've ruined COD. I could be saying that. I'm not saying that's impossible. I find that very unlikely, uh, or I could be like, "Hey, this campaign is terribly written. It's stupid. It's horrible," and like, "You've you've ruined COD for me." That, that could happen. Of course, it could, because um, there's been games we've all looked forward to before that have, you know, fallen flat on their face. But the only one thing that I am concerned about is Warzone Two and how it could again do the same thing, which is mess up Modern Warfare. But the reason that became worse over time is because Warzone came out, then Black Ops Cold War. No, was it Vanguard? Or Bla- no. Black Ops Cold War, then Vanguard after that, right? And as more, t- as more time went on and Modern Warfare sat more in the background, which I understood because you had Warzone and you had two newer games with multiplayers to keep active, so of course Modern Warfare was going to take a back seat. But as Modern Warfare took more of a back seat, And Warzone started to get more updates. And because with all three games... You are forced to have Warzone installed unfortunately. Uh, Like you can uninstall the campaign. You can uninstall multiplayer. You can uninstall Spec Ops. But you can't uninstall Warzone. Because it is tied into the game. Um, Because the actual game on like... Your Playstation cross media bar thing... Is called Call of Duty Warzone. It's not called Call of Duty Modern Warfare. It's called Call of Duty Warzone. Um, And I remember when they revealed... Uh, When Warzone came out. And this was before Black Ops or Vanguard came out. And they changed the name. And they tied it in. really Like the the progression and stuff was tied in and whatever. And that was a sign of like. Oh no this thing is like really tied into everything. Um, And my only concern is. Not probably for the first year. And there is the intention for next year. For COD to be supported next year. Because we're not going to have a new COD game next year. It's skipping next year. Which is the first time in a long 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 time. Um, but when that next COD game comes out, which I think is supposed to be Black Ops 4, 5, I think it's 5 is supposed to be the one after that. What happens to Modern Warfare at that point? So um, the thing that actually makes me a bit happy about that is that we're not getting a COD game next year. And Modern Warfare can take more of the forefront. I just hope that when they do things like, oh, we're going to update Warzone, which will mean you will update Modern Warfare 2, that that's not going to mess things up. Um, that's the only concern I have. But again, that's not got anything to do with multiplayer. It's not got anything to do with campaigns. It's not got anything to do with the gameplay. It's not got anything to do with what's in the game. What you can do in the game. It's just that's more sort of buggy code stuff that's happened. Um, but I still trust Infinity Ward as a developer a lot. Um, what I'm trying to say is I don't trust Activision. <laughs> really, because why would I? Um, I? I would much rather... Uh, and this wouldn't really work for COD, but if you were to like ask me what I would, what I'd want to happen, I would prefer individually that let's say, um, so if you took Infinity Ward, if you took Toys for Bob, if you took Beanox. and if you took Vicarious Visions and sold them to PlayStation, um, I would no longer have an attachment to Activision because the two franchises I mainly care about is COD and Crash. So if you were to take the developers. That have worked on those games. And you take the um, Infinity Ward developer. And just detach them from Activision. And sell them to somebody else. Like somebody else bought those developers. And presumably the IP. That would be the best way that that could work. Uh, but unfortunately it's not. And it's tied into Activ- Activision. I suppose the positive thing about that. Is Microsoft is buying them. Or is in the process mm-hmm. of buying them. And hopefully that will. Sort out this. Weird. Um. Uh, what do you call it, development mismanagement of like, hey, we're going to make Vicarious Visions work on COD and then put one of them on Blizzard games or uh, things that just don't make sense and if you have Phil Spencer in charge of that instead of Bobby Kotich or whatever his name is, that looks like a better, unhealthier scenario, so that's my very long answer to that, so uh, any thoughts on any other situation like with Activision or how that's all maybe going to go?
1: Well part of me wants to say It can't get any worse, but I've stopped saying things like that because (laughs) way too many instances, that's seen as a hold my beer challenge. Right,
0: yeah, Yeah. I get you. Uh, So we shall see. Um, But yeah, next month, uh, I think it's the 16th or something, we get the beta, and I'm looking forward to that. So there we go. Um, But no, in terms of your actual question, like multiplayer reveal date and beta dates being closed, I'm not really bothered. You could probably put that trailer out on the same day and I would, I, still, I would still watch the trailer and then go and play the beta. So uh, there we go. Uh, plus, if the beta comes out and it's not great, they still have a bit of time to, to do something with that. So, um, But given that when I played all the way back in 2019, when I played that 2v2, I think it was the alpha, 2v2 alpha. I was like, this is brilliant. This is like really, really good. And I'm like back in on COD. And that was what got me back into taking interest in the series anyway. So, if you can do that from a 2v2 alpha, uh, and that's the same developer, in the same series, then uh, it's got some good stuff going for it, but we shall see. We shall see. I could be wrong, but we shall see. Anyway, that's what we've got for you for this week's episode of Gaming Talk. Thank you all very much for listening again. Robert, thank you for being here again with me to discuss everything. Uh, you can of course find our podcast in the future on entertainmenttalk.org for TV, games, films, and Maynard Podcasts past, present, and future podcasts lots of podcasts we've already done ones that we're doing, ones that we're going to do thanks to all of you for sticking around and listening to what we're doing Uh, we do appreciate it, so TV, games, films Maynard Podcasts, entertainmenttalk.org podcast platforms, entertainmenttalk get involved if you would like to do that if you'd like to listen to more of what we're doing Uh, To support us in other ways you can simply tell people about our content just tell them hey this thing entertainment talk they do this they do that and here's where you can find it so tell people about what we do and where they can find it that's very helpful. Social media there's a dozen different uh, social media platforms so if you choose one of them and you want to tell people about what we do over there that's really helpful as well. Uh, Patreon $5 $10 level tiers for every podcast review options have a look at that as well. Uh, TV and film news, uh, GeekTown, geektown.co.uk, geektown radio. That's run by David, who's a uh, friend and co host of us as well. Uh, geektown.co.uk, geektown radio. Geektown radio episodes post on Tuesdays. TV and film news, renewals, cancellations, pickups, air dates, all that good stuff. So if you want to be up to date on when and where your favourite show is coming back or if your favourite show is coming back, look out for all that. Speaking of Twitch, uh, Bex makes good content over on Twitch, good fun content, classic stuff, chat streams, retro, Tomb Raider, all that good stuff. Uh, Trista, B-Y-T-E- <clears throat> Trista B-Y-T-E-S over on Twitch. Uh, yeah, she was busy Oliver. at
1: Gamescom this year. so.
0: Yeah, David messaged me and was like, oh, she's at G- he's in Germany. I was like, oh, okay, she's in a different country. But uh, yeah, go and support what Bex is doing. She's doing some great stuff. Uh, Trista B-Y-T-E-S, Twitch, Twitter, Instagram, go and see what she's up to. For me, uh, streaming on Twitch as well, eTalkUK for all those different streams. Um, and if you missed those... The FIFA career mode episodes. All the game clips. There was a lot of them. And I mean a lot of them. That I put up today. Again very short. Very quick. That's the idea of them. The game clips. Um, Entertainment. Fun. All that good stuff. Game clips. Go and check them all out. Please support doing that. Because it took me a while to do it today. So uh, go and check some of those out. You can find those on YouTube. Entertainment Talk Plays. So uh, please support us over there as well. Thanks for listening. And we'll catch you next time. Where? Next time. This time next week. I'll be talking about uh, Last of Us Part 1. Let's look forward to that. Um, Not a full review. I won't have finished the game by then, but my first first impressions of Last of Us Part 1. Look out for all that next week. Cheers, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Goodbye.
1: Goodbye.